Producers and creators are the sources of all value on the planet. MC Lobster, the host of the top-rated business and investing podcast Cashflow Ninja, is on a mission with Producers Wealth to help producers create, protect, and multiply their wealth outside of Wall Street in any economy by creating systems and processes that help them increase their production, provides them with liquidity, passive income generators, and opportunities for enormous growth. Learn more about their time-tested and proven systems at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, I'm joined by Lior Gans that will discuss the coming bond Armageddon. Lior is the editor of Wealth Research Group and has built and run numerous successful businesses and has traveled to over 30 countries in the past decade in pursuit of thrills and opportunities gaining valuable knowledge and experience. He is an advocate of meticulous risk management, balanced asset allocation, and proper position sizing. As a deep value investor, Lior loves researching businesses that are off the radar and completely unknown to most financial publications. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and self-storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash Real Asset Investor. Lior, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, MC. For my listeners that are not familiar with you and what you do, can you please share a little bit about your background and your journey? Yeah, definitely. So my journey with finances, with uh, investing, um, came to me in default. I was 13 and, um, you know, I I started having uh, ambitions, desires, goals. And and, uh, my dad um, was not a very good businessman, but he thought he was. So that that added leverage to the table. And he was bankrupt when I was 13. So I was I, I started working. Basically, I had to work in order to to uh, have money uh, for the things that I wanted, whether it be clothing, going out on dates, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but 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 just in general, so I can hang around with with my friends um, because they didn't suffer from the same fate. So it was just a, it was a, a survival mechanism for me, basically. And I started assistant coaching basketball. Um, and then uh, the parents saw that this uh, eighth grader was uh, teaching, uh, playing basketball so nicely with their kids, they started inviting me over to do babysitting. So then I became a babysitter for a lot of kids in the neighborhood and um, started painting decks, 
uh, by the age of 16, I was also delivering pizzas and all kind of, uh, kinds of foods. Um, and, and I saved up about 20 grand. And I got my parents to sign a waiver and uh, let me run my own uh, investment portfolio because my banker kept telling me this is, uh, you know, you can make your savings work for you. Uh, you can make it, uh, you can put them into investment vehicles. So my grandfather uh, was the one that changed my life by giving me two books, one from Warren Buffett and the other one from Peter Lynch. And um, I, I read them and started to understand um, what I needed to do in order to grow wealth. From Buffett, I learned that uh, uh, things are priced uh, best when no one uh, wants them. And from Peter Lynch, I learned that if I just look around, I'll find great businesses just by the fact of what I'm personally liking, what businesses I like personally. Um, so that, that marriage between uh, finding things that uh, I use personally and I know are good, good products, good services, and on the flip side, finding things that are out of favor, uh, that started my path at investing. And uh, <clears throat> I was... 16, when, uh, when I got started, was right after the dot-com bubble burst. So prices were actually good. I had that um, <coughs> external circumstance working in my favor. Uh, I started investing. It was uh, uh, around 2000, uh, late 2000 when I, when I got started. Um, and and uh, since all of my life uh, up until that point, 13 to 16, I started all of my own business, like the babysitting business and everything else was me, you know, uh, being an entrepreneur and, and, and convinced, convincing uh, store owners to hire me. I didn't even think of in terms of being an employee. I always thought about think, uh, in terms of being an, a, an entrepreneur because I saw that they were making the money and I was doing the hustling, right? So uh, starting very early, uh, I, I started uh, my own businesses always um, with, with, uh, trades that I knew and my big break came in 2009. I, I, <clears throat> I came to, to, to the States when everyone else didn't want to do real estate. So that was the out of favor business that Buffett had, had told me about, um, and, and, uh, enlightened me on. And then Peter Lynch told me to stick with stuff that I knew. And what I knew really well is, uh, how to, uh, talk to people, how to marry, how to marry uh, two people together and close deals. So I found a niche that helped banks get rid of their um, glut uh, inventory, their glut foreclosure inventory. And the business grew. In, and by 2013, it was in five major metropolitan areas. I sold it and I started a, a boutique fund, uh, 20 well-to-do clients that I met over the years or uh, willing to, to uh, bet on my skills to find good investments. And uh, the fund did really well, obviously, in the board market. Uh, we liquidated it at the end of 2015 because my entire focus changed when I met my mentor. And he told me, hey, you should share your information not with 20 well-to-do people, but with a large audience. And you should uh, think of a way to do it in, 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 where it doesn't matter uh, the person's qualification. So no threshold. And that's how wealthresearchgroup.com was, was born out of the idea that I'll have a free financial newsletter. Savers, investors can, can come in no matter your education level, no matter where you come from, and it will have uh, ideas and, and research uh, that will help 
uh, you no matter what's, what step you're in, in terms of uh, uh, your investing. So it's, it's just my way, MC, of sharing the research that I do personally and what's hot on my plate um, with, with, a, with an audience. And I'm, I'm very happy that in 2017 was ranked uh, by a number of, uh, you know, a number of newsletter associations as the number one in the world for cryptocurrencies, uh, cannabis, and mining uh, in, in terms of the knowledge that it provides. So that's where it's at right now. What people really like about the, the newsletter um, and about the website is, is if you go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash top, T-O-P, it's uh, a huge array, uh, the widest array that I know of, uh, of special reports, downloads that you can, uh, that you can check out from 18 years of, of uh, my investing career that I put together on one page. It's like a, a huge library. Now, Lior, where are you talk, uh, talking to me from and having this interview from? Because you've moved around quite uh, uh, a little bit around the globe lately. Uh, where, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Costa Rica right now. I've uh, been here for a month. This is my second month here. <clears throat> I was, uh, my schedule kind of went and, and uh, was very uh, uh, lucky that Keith Neumeyer um, was, uh, about 10 minutes away from where I'm at right now in Costa Rica for the past two days. So I spent two full days of strategizing with, uh, with Keith. I, I don't know if, uh, if you know who he is, but um, Keith Neumeyer is one of the top uh, five resource, uh, natural resources uh, business builder uh, in, in the past 20, 30 years. And uh, it was very unique for me as he opened his public filings and showed me uh, how he's buying his own companies putting his own skin in the game um, and, and the integrity level that uh, this kind of person has. And it was just unique to see him in, in, a, in an environment where I don't usually see him and how he, priorities, how he prioritizes day and how he is with his family, et cetera. I was very um, you know, privileged to, to have that chance. <clears throat> and, um, and, and yeah, right now I'm in Manuel Antonio National Park, a very uh, popular place here in Costa Rica. So I'm, I'm, uh, great to be here. Fantastic. Now, quite a, a lot of th stuff has happened since the last time we spoke and, and had you on the show. Before we jump into some of these things, what is your current outlook on the global economy and markets, Lior? What is going on? Uh, we've seen some, some sharp pullbacks in the United States and then with a little bit more recoveries. Uh, what do you see going on in the economy and in markets? Um, I think we're in a very delicate point in terms of the markets. Um, <clears throat> so there are two conflicting um, powers right now, MC, that, that are uh, going to um, basically determine how long this bull market will last. And I wrote about this extensively if, because in one answer, I, I obviously cannot touch on the broad aspect of this. But you can go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash bonds and, and see the entire research that we put together it's almost a six-month uh, long research that we uh, have conducted on what is going on right now with the markets and how to prepare. And uh, let me share with you what's going on, the way that I see it. <clears throat> on one end, uh, we're seeing two or three years of rising wages in America, and we're seeing inflation starting to be a problem. If you listen to the latest CEO guidance from General Mills, from Tyson Foods, from uh, uh, you know, the, the, the big companies, the consumer staple companies, Kimberly Clark, Procter & Gamble, 
These are the largest, this is the best way to understand if there's inflation or not. These companies sell everyday items. So if their costs are going up, that means that there's inflation. And their CEOs are saying, we will start passing costs to the consumer real soon. We, we can't handle our shrinking margins uh, anymore. They've lost, they've <clears throat> just Procter & Gamble is lost in 2017 about $350 million uh, in terms of, uh, of their costs going up. Wow. So this is, this is, yeah. Um, and so this is my secret way of, of kind of uh, uh, knowing where inflation is going before the stats are out. I listen to the CEO guidance of the biggest consumer staples and, and see what they are um, thinking and what they are seeing in their own businesses. Because remember, in, in like a $2 loaf of bread, there's only about 10 cents worth of wheat. So if wheat prices double, that doesn't affect uh, the, the price of, wheat, uh, of the loaf as much as if everyone on that supply chain has a 20% increase in wages. And that's what these CEOs are saying, that they have raised wages a lot. Why are they raising wages? Because in the U.S. right now, there are 51 million retirees. But by 2030, there'll be 81 million retirees. So 60% increase in retirees, a quarter of the country will be retired and dependent on taxpayers. What this means is a lot of quality people are, are exiting the workforce while millennials are entering the workforce, but you cannot compare a 40-year seasoned uh, veteran uh, employee of a company to someone who's just brand new. So in order for these companies to attract quality workers, quality labor, they needed to raise wages and attract the best people. There's 5.1 million openings right now in the U.S. in terms of jobs, and it will, it will go as much as 8 million. So on, on, you're seeing inflationary pressures, which are driven by demographics. This is not uh, transistor. Uh, this is not um, temporary. This is something that is uh, uh, due to real demographics, something that will keep uh, being important in, in the years ahead. So inflation is becoming a problem on one end, but it's still very tame. So the bull market can still go on. In terms of stocks, inflation is a real bitch because if these CEOs cannot figure out their costs, investors are um, you know, indecisive whether or not to hold or to sell their positions, what to do. If the CEO doesn't know, obviously how can I as, as the owner of the company or, or a partial owner um, know what to do with my position? So it puts uncertainty into the factor and that's why low inflation is very good for stocks and that's why they flourished between 2009 and 2017 because it was a very deflationary environment. Low interest rates, very little spending in terms of the consumer. Everyone was afraid. And that, that fear led to great stock portfolios going up, but, uh, but uh, a very deflationary environment. So on the, now on the flip side, um, you're seeing that if they do not raise rates, if the Federal Reserve doesn't raise rates, inflation will become an even bigger problem. So you're seeing rising rates on the same time as you're seeing rising inflation. The only time that you can compare this to is the 60s. What happened in the 60s? Rising inflation, rising interest rates. Um, and, and then the 70s was an, an insane period of rising interest rates. What was happening to stocks? Well, they cratered. What was happening to bonds? Well, you know, think of yourself, MC. If you, buy, if you loan the U.S. government money right now and you're willing to loan them money for 10 years, you're buying a 10-year a bond. 
and it's yielding 2.8% right now, and you're buying $100,000 worth, you're going to get a coupon payments or interest payments to the tune of, uh, of $2,800 or $2,800 in one year. Now, think of the Fed in one year raising rates four times, each time 25 basis points. Next year, I can come into the bond market and buy a 10-year bond, and it will yield 3.8%, right? right? So I'm making 3,800 and not 2,800. If you want to sell me your bond in one year, will I pay you $100,000 for your bond? Well, heck no. Why would I pay you $100,000 and get 2,800 worth of interest payments when I can buy $100,000 worth of a fresh new, new bond, now auctioned, and I can get uh, $3,800, so $1,000 more in terms of percentages, way more than you. So right. you, will, you will need to, to take a discount on your bond, which means you're going to lose from 100000 The market is probably going to pay you about 85000 for your bond. You lost 15% on what? On the fact that the Fed has raised interest rates by 1%. Now, the bonds market is the biggest market in the world save from uh, um, the, the Forex exchange, but it's a huge market. Governments are involved, sovereign wealth funds, you know, institutions like pension funds, insurance companies, everyone's invested in bonds. And if the bonds market repeats what it did in the 70s and in the 60s, and you couple this with the fact that uh, inflation can, can, can be as high as 4 and 5%, in 10 years, you're not even beating inflation with your interest payments. Bonds are a very toxic asset, but the problem is even more than bonds. I call this the bonds Armageddon for a reason. And it's because that, you know, if you think about 30 million Americans who are depending on their bonds portfolio and their bonds portfolio is falling by 20, 30%, they'll need to start liquidating stocks. They'll need to start selling their second homes. This will put uh, uh, pressure on the real estate market. This has broad ramifications, and in the next 10 years, this is going to be one of the major, major themes. So we're seeing two powers right now, rising interest rates and rising inflation, and it's going to be very delicate to see how the Fed reacts to this, how companies are behaving, and what investors are doing with their bonds portfolio as this happens. So uh, very interesting, very interesting times. And in, in previous scenarios like this, um, uh, what many investors did was hedge a lot of these uh, risky um, plays, like, uh, like bonds could be very risky and stocks could be very risky by going into commodities, real assets, because that's where inflation uh, is actually uh, a, a, a great um, factor and not a damaging factor. You're listening to Lior Gans on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. MC Lobsher is the host of the top-rated business and investing podcast, Cashflow Ninja, and also the president of Producers Wealth. Producers Wealth assists people in creating, protecting, and perpetually multiplying wealth in any economy through creating processes that help them increase their production, provide them with liquidity, passive income generators, and opportunities for enormous growth. Learn more about their time-tested and proven systems at yourownbankingsystem.com. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. 
Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to Leo Gans on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and I'm back to our interview. And what is going on uh, with commodities right now? Just staying on that, uh, what's going on with gold and silver? And what do you see? Um, and how do you see gold and silver perform? You mentioned that's, that's a safe haven in situations like this. How does, it, how does gold and silver play out to, in 2018? Well, first of all, let's talk about the century. So gold is outperform indexes this century. If you bought gold on the 1st of January 2000, or you bought the S&P 500, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, uh, outperforming the market for 18 years straight. To outperform the market 18 years straight is something that only 4% of investors do in their lifetimes. So most managed money, if you go to Wall Street and, and line up 100 hedge fund managers, 96 of them are, are just plain, uh, you know, daylight robbers. You'd right. rather buy an index fund than put your money with them. <laughs> Only four people out of 100 can beat the index. So, and, and that has to do with many things. I can get into it in, in, a, in another time. But uh, the fact of the matter is gold has been an, an absolutely unbelievable investment. Uh, just owning the uh, physical gold um, or, or a gold ETF that tracks the price of gold. Silver, same thing. Very, very good strategy. In the last few years, if you've gotten into this bull market for gold and silver late in 2010, 11, et cetera, you've suffered nothing but pain. And so 2015 was the bottom at, at 1053 for gold. It's now almost at a 52-week high as we're doing this interview at, at about 1350. It loves a situation where interest rates are rising because interest rates rise when the Fed is fearing inflation, and therefore people are going into um, gold. Silver is a different beast, um, just because silver has lost a lot of its um, uh, institutional buying in terms of being a monetary metal. So what, what makes silver tick is individual people buying it as, as a, an investment uh, demand, not governments, not institutions, they, they buy gold. So. If we see, like in, 20, uh, like in 2010, 2011, a lot of people around the world buying silver coins, you'll see it trading for a premium, a large premium above its uh, production price of about $15 per ounce. Right now, it's trading at about 16 17 It's in a range, right? And yep. it's in a range which is very stable. It's, it's just above its production price, global production price. If you want to see it trading for 24 30 35 these big premiums above its production price, the justification is there's going to be a lot of inflation um, or increased inflation or what I call surprise inflation, where the numbers surprise the market and then people will start buying silver again. Um, so in terms of where can more money be made, I think silver is, is uh, if you think that inflation is becoming a problem uh, and, and the stats are supporting this, silver will outperform gold. Uh, the ratio right now is 80 to 1. Between 1971 and today, it's only been 80 to 1 four times. So it's always, that's like the resistance for it. It always 
starts contracting and silver outperforms gold uh, when it reaches 80 to 1. You can go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash gold playbook. To my knowledge, this is the lengthiest and most comprehensive manual on gold and silver and gold and silver investments that uh, has ever been put together. And you can kind of read uh, and learn about uh, the dynamics of both of these metals. Uh, in terms of performance in 2018, uh, I think what people need to understand is that the miners have still not um, uh, been able to uh, clean their balance sheets and make their uh, uh, margins sexy enough for investors to pile in. So you see gold and silver going up in price, but you see the miners tanking. And therefore, I've, I've stuck a lot uh, uh, with the royalty companies. Uh, uh, so uh, I don't know if, if you want to talk about that, but the royalty companies have outperformed the gold spot price, uh, any ETF, all managed funds for gold and silver. Uh, they've just been a stellar investment. Um, uh, you, can, you can go to wealth com forward slash royalty and, you know, understand exactly what the royalty business is, who the big players in the royalty um, model are. I think all of them right now are about 20% uh, uh, overpriced. So I wouldn't buy them actually right now, but I would definitely put them on a watch list. Uh, but MC, in terms of what I see going forward, the uh, for me, I've for the past four years, I have shorted the gold um, stocks ETFs while buying my favorite names in dollar cost averaging, building sizable positions in companies that I that I uh, feel comfortable speculating in, like companies run by Keith Newmeyer, right? For example, uh, and then with gold, you know, gold for me is an insurance, so I never sell it anyways. The only reason I would ever sell my gold, my physical gold, is if you don't want to accept anything else. If the world gets to a place where it's so horrible that you we need to trade gold again, then I would sell it. But for the rest of the time, I just own it as a form of insurance. Uh, and, and I, my specific strategy is that I took a look at my, my monthly burn rate in terms of my lifestyle. I multiplied it by 24, so two years worth of income, sorry, of spending, and I bought gold and silver with it. Whenever it's, um, uh, whenever gold and silver are, um, you know, uh, uh, soaring in price, then I either adjust uh, my portfolio accordingly or I, I raise my monthly burn rate. Uh, so I just keep it around two years worth of spending power in physical gold and silver at all times. Now let's touch on uh, crypto because we talked a little bit about uh, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin the last time we were on. Uh, what's going on with crypto? Uh, I covered that um, there's going to be, uh, uh, well, one thing to watch in 2018 is how governments react to crypto, right? Because it was going to be sure. an issue that was going to be at the top of their list. What do you seeing uh, is going on there currently? And what are some of your thoughts on Bitcoin and uh, the cryptocurrencies? Um, I think the word cryptocurrency needs to be uh, uh, changed, first of all. Um, there are 1,500 projects. If you go through them one by one, the less than 5% of them are, are even trying to be currencies. Uh, most of them are basically um, blockchain-based projects that are trying to solve real-world problems. They're more like startup tech companies than anything else. Right. So 
it's just important to understand that, that if you're going to speculate in this uh, arena, and, and Wealth Research Group in 2017 alerted on Bitcoin at $400, Ethereum at $12. That was really one of the first news, newsletters to cover it. Dash at 30 when nobody even knew what Dash was. Um, Monero, the first real privacy coin at $19. Man, the, these gains were insane. We were bombarded every week with emails from subscribers telling us that you know they made uh, you know quite a bit of fortune. Uh, Steam, uh, we love that. Uh, we love that back when it was 19 cents. Ripple, 27 cents. So uh, at the end of 2017, our uh, focus was you know you got to start taking profits here. And these are insane valuations. I mean, <clears throat> companies uh, projects would just go public or you know ICO. And double, like the first day, this was not a healthy market. It was a mania market. And I think the mania is over. And right now, uh, just like in any other sector, the sector is still good. There are still very good projects out there. But don't expect uh, the Lamborghini to appear uh, outside your driving lot, uh, your parking lot, (laughs) uh, um, like the early people have. The early days are gone. If you had a chance to buy it early and hold um, which you know, few people did, and that's why they're they're famous. Um, then, then you know, that's an insane profit, and I don't think it will return. What I think will will happen from here on, blockchain will keep getting uh, more and more use cases and implemented by more um, uh, private sector companies and governments. I think cryptocurrencies or current these currencies in and of themselves, they're in a risk of being either outlawed or um, becoming more marginal. It just it, it, it will depend on how the market reacts to, to the regulatory environment, like you said. And it will depend on whether or not governments want to issue their own cryptos. Because if they will want to issue their, their own cryptocurrencies, then most likely they won't want to see any competition. Um, right. So big, big question when it comes to cryptocurrencies. And that's why I love to hedge my, my uh, portfolio with blockchain-focused companies that are not specifically looking at um, uh, cryptocurrencies for, for a profit. They're looking to make money off of blockchain technology. For example, they build applications for companies that want to control their supply chain or manage their fleet of cars, et cetera, on the blockchain. So right. uh, th- now there's, th- there's two economies here. One, cryptocurrencies. The other one, blockchain. So... Uh, that's the way I see it. Um, if you want to go to wealth, I know I'm bombarding with special reports, but that's the best way I know to compliment, um, you know, your audience as being sophisticated and probably wanting to know more than uh, what can one interview uh, uh, bring forth. You can go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash rocket, like R-O-C-K-E-T. And it's, it's a, I aggregated a number of special reports on these subjects of cryptocurrencies and blockchain over there. So you can kind of avoid traps that people face that are just starting out. And for more advanced in, investors, people that are already invested in this, uh, that, it talks about kind of the trends that are happening right now. And, and we'll cover uh, an under-the-radar new altcoin in the next three weeks here uh, in the newsletter. So I am very bullish overall. But um, uh, right now, people need to understand that if, if, if their project is not good, 
if it's not liquid, if it doesn't have a good management system, and uh, a lot of things, that, the same things that you would check in any other business that you invest in, then, you know, stay out of it. This is not the mania phase where every dart, um, you know, uh, it's the bullseye. No, absolutely. And to your point, um, do your research on the blockchain project. It's even an application exactly. because because a lot of these things just talk about blockchain. And if you really look into them, they're not really even blockchain projects, right? You know, you exactly. mentioned Steam. It's in the same, yeah. Sure. It's, in the same, it's in the same way MC as, as a lot of gold companies have about 40% of their uh, revenue from gold. And then the rest is zinc, silver, nickel, et cetera. So very true. Many companies are just changing their name to blockchain, but they have nothing announced yet uh, or no product there. It's, it's all a vision at this point, but people are pricing in that their vision will become a reality. And, and I think this is not the time to take companies uh, on their word, but look at actually what they're achieving. Yeah, like for instance, you mentioned Steam. Steemit is a social media, uh, kind of like a blogging platform that is on the blockchain. Uh, there's a, pr I mean, they've done it. It's there. <laughs> you can use it. It works. Exactly. There's value exactly. to it. You know, so something exactly. like something like that, um, there's already a product out there. It works. There's a network that's growing. And by the way, more and more people will go to steam it um, just because of all the censoring going on on social media right now, especially with the latest Facebook <laughs> stuff, now, which is not revelation, uh, revelations, right? It's like uh, basically <laughs> I kind of, well, I just I laugh at it. Yeah, I laugh at it because it's like, oh, Facebook collects your data and sells it to third parties and knows everything about you. What a shocker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's touch on another thing you and I have spoken about too as well, the idea of retirement. And, you know, Lior, we were sold this beautiful uh, idea of retirement of people walking next to the beach or sitting in two separate, you know, tubs, looking at the ocean, you know, all these different, <laughs> all these different views. I don't know if that was a retirement commercial, maybe something else, but that's more or less the idea that was sold. And uh, you've spoken too about how um, this has been a giant illusion and it's not going to come to fruition uh, or is advertised. Uh, can you share some more thoughts on that? Well, I think, I think the name American dream is very appropriate. Uh, it's yeah. a dream. Um, and, uh, it was a reality for the boomers, uh, in the, in the first two or three decades after the, uh, World War II, um, uh, ended because America was the manufacturing hub for the world. And, uh, they had a, a baby boom, which, uh, helped them in terms of the fact that their, their currency was the reserve currency of the world to, uh, have great lives. But on the flip side, they got into two costly wars in, in uh, Korea and Vietnam. And by 1971, the jig was up. They had to default on their debts um, because the gold standard was, was just, uh, you know, the accounting for 35 to one for every dollar an ounce of gold was not there anymore. And they had to come clean. But instead of that, they, they uh, temporarily, 46, year, 46 year, years later, Nixon's um, speech of temporarily suspending the connection between gold and, and uh, the dollar is just ludic you know, ridiculous to think that he would say that. It's like uh, uh, 
uh, a temporary separation between two people that has lasted for 46 years. They're divorced by now. So this decoupling with gold and the dollar is, is not temporary anymore. It's, it's the reality. That's the way it is. And I think that, that people live much longer lives right now. Um, You know, if you look at insurance companies, they're not uh, figuring people living 72 years anymore. They're figuring more. Uh, This entire uh, business surrounding retirement is changing because people are becoming centurions. Uh, People are living until the age of 100 and more. In fact, where I'm at right now in Costa Rica, it's called a blue zone. Blue zone is where people live to be 100 and fully functional. So um, the idea that you can retire at 65 and then have the government support you through tax money uh, for 30 years, of your life is just not plausible. People need to realize that governments in the next 10 to 20 years will restructure their entire entitlement programs. Um, and, and you need to be able to build while you are uh, capable of building it an asset uh, portfolio. You need money to come in, cash flow to come in if you want to retire from active labor. For me personally, I, I love uh, business and working. I, I don't see a reason why if my body still lets me to, um, to not work, uh, obviously I'm not talking about, uh, 12 hour days, but I am talking about, uh, producing and creating things for, um, for the marketplace where I, uh, excel. I, I don't see any reason why not to, but many people dream about retirement, golfing, etc., uh, and, and just laying back. And I think that is becoming a problem. About uh, one out of every 100 people, so 1% of the, of the population in the U.S. are ready for uh, more than 10 years of retirement in terms of savings. So uh, at this point, it's not even a question. About 50% of uh, uh, the citizens in the United States, MC, are getting some form of government aid. That means one in every two people get some form of aid from the government that cannot last forever, especially as the U.S. dollar is losing ground as a reserve currency for the world. Uh, China is, is starting to prepare the world for a more internationalized yuan. They've opened petro yuan oil contracts so people can, governments can uh, circumnavigate around the dollar. Right now, the dollar is 63% of the world's currency. So six out of every 10 currency units around the world are dollars. And yuan is only like 1%. Only like 1%. So you can see how the yuan will play a much greater role in the next 10 years as uh, the China becomes the, 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 the uh, bigger, um, uh, the bigger uh, economy in terms of uh, GDP and in terms of um, uh, their, uh, their oil demand, which obviously is the most uh, traded commodity in the world at $14 trillion a year. So retirement is, Really tricky. I talk about that a lot at Wealth Research Group at the, at, the, uh, uh, at the newsletter, how to build secondary forms of income. Like you have a full career, right? You have your 24 hours. How to carve out two to three hours a day and start building side income streams that can be as much as, as four to five to $10,000 a month and start being your main businesses. So there are very, uh, uh, um, what I call low level entry businesses where you can come in, Learn the business in four or five months. You don't need a college degree to do it. And boom, you're, you have an, an income stream that can even rival your main career. Uh, right. How to build asset classes 
with a lot of uh, positive leverage, not negative leverage. So, um, you know, for, for me, looking at my, at my own parents and ha- the fact that they're 60 and broke has had a big impact on what I want to share with people in, in my uh, uh, newsletter. No, fantastic. And you do put out a lot of really, really powerful information, Lior. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Lior, just uh, for uh, my listeners that want to connect with you and reach out to you, where can they connect and uh, stay in touch of all the projects that you're involved with? And where can they sign up for your newsletter? Um, yeah, go to wealthysoup.com on the homepage. Uh, you can sign up real easy. Uh, the newsletter is focused on the generic economy. So uh, updates on what's going on in the economy, but then we also do these very, um, I would call it very intensive marathons where we find specific opportunities, uh, either companies that are now in IPO or companies that are very undervalued. And we actually publish uh, information about them in the newsletter. So it's, it's a dual uh, mandate for wealth research. You, you can go to the special reports page on the website and, you know, take a look at, at uh, 18 years worth of, of uh, PDF files that I put together on uh, one page. So that, those, are, those would be the best ways, MC. And, and again, thanks for, for having me and uh, letting me share my passion and, and, and kind of where I'm coming at in life uh, with your audience. Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you so much again for connecting, Leo. It's been a blast. And thank you for uh, sharing your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. I definitely, and, and because the show is called Cashflow Ninja, I would definitely mind coming on again and showing people uh, two or three ways where they can build cash flow uh, as a residual uh, passive way uh, and, 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 you know, without quitting their job, without risking everything in life, uh, build uh, additional uh, income streams, which is what I've done. So uh, definitely a topic for next time if, if you want to have me on. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely, we'll definitely cover that. Okay, thanks, MC. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text cashflowninja to 44222. I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.